Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast for pharmacists by pharmacists, where we discuss current events, relevant topics and emerging issues. I'm your host, Carly McMoore, and together with the AJP, I'm bringing you the opinions and expertise of different pharmacists to discuss their views and insights on topics relevant to pharmacists. Please like and rate each episode and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. This year, like 2023, has been one of the biggest, lousy, uh, loudest, most interesting years for pharmacy in a, in a long time. You know, we, so. we came off the back end of celebrating the success of the, the vaccine rollout uh, and how integral pharmacy had been uh, with um, moving into some more interesting areas around uh, the government's changes, but also the scope of practice changes. It's, uh, 2023 has been a very interesting time to, to be in pharmacy. Definitely. So I thought I would ask you to, um, from your experience and from um, SHP and as a hospital pharmacist, to summarise some of the key developments for hospital pharmacy that happened in 2023. Okay. Well, look, I'd be remiss if I didn't start with ANSCAP. Is that okay? If I because you know that's that's one of the things that obviously SHP launched uh, in the at the end of uh, close to the end of 2023 that we think recognize, represents a change in the landscape. Building on those existing things we've done with residency, with advanced practice and with specialty practice, to have a national uh, rec uh, recognition or an international recognition for pharmacist skill and specialty practice areas, uh, that, that is something that changes the game. I think the uh, the other thing we've seen has been uh, discussions around scope of practice. Uh, that pharmacist scope of practice, you know, it's been evolving for a long, long time now to embrace roles beyond the the dispensary. Uh, it's, it's been a wonderful thing to see, uh, and uh, I guess from a hospital perspective, particularly pleased to see collaborative prescribing models really uh, taking uh, taking a hold, because um, that's I guess the way I look at it. That's been top of scope of practice for pharmacists for well over a decade now in Australia. You know, the first pharmacists who put pen to paper to order a treatment for a patient that was a prescription-only medicine uh, were our hospital pharmacists uh, was it 12 years ago now, putting their putting their purple pen to paper, that purple pen being, being the colour that's used in, in hospitals, uh, putting their purple pen to paper to start uh, charting medicines and to see that going from something that had a bit of evidence behind it to something that's now just um, not quite ubiquitous, but it's in, in pretty much every state and territory. And that's what led also SHPA to announcing the, the national credential that we offer now for collaborative uh, prescribing that allows them to have that interchangeable recognition. And to see the acceptance of that with our multidisciplinary colleagues as well, to see the, the medical staff saying, I love it when I, when I get to do collaborative prescribing, not just because I've got a pharmacist who'll do the work for me, but because we actually both learn how to chart, prescribe, how to think about medicines more effectively together uh, than we ever did when working in our own silos. So, yes, yeah, seeing that take hold and seeing the new credential and seeing some of the evidence coming out around the benefits of collaborative prescribing on patient safety and length of stay in hospital and things, I'd be very excited by that. Fantastic. Um, in 2023, I guess, uh, changes to the residency programs? Can you tell us more about those? Yes. So we, um, we've had advanced training residencies and foundation residencies now since 2016 and 2017 with our foundation residencies being we're really building up uh, and accelerating those skills that every pharmacist needs 
to be able to you know, rotate through supply and, and um, uh, medicines review roles, uh, and the, and with and with the, the the advanced training residencies being more about the specialist end. So yes, we've seen those um, huge uptake of those. I think the number is something like 700 people have now gone through or are currently going through uh, one of those residency or advanced training residency pathways. So we've seen great uptake, and I think. It's also changed the landscape too in that, you know, particularly in the hospital space, we're now seeing lots more pharmacy educators. So that's staff working within the pharmacy departments to develop up the skill of the individual practitioners and monitor and support their development uh, in a really supportive, encouraging way through those residency programs. So that fo focus on post-registration skills development, uh, not just through uh, tertiary qualifications, but through uh, you know, supportive, nurtured, <laughs> workplace-led education has been really important. And I guess one of the really exciting things about ANSCAP too, uh, you know, the new Australian New Zealand College of Advanced Pharmacy, is that it also allows that model to be to take place anywhere, rather than needing you needing to be working at a location that has those educators. We've built a model that says, um, without having needing access to an educator, you can still uh, go through a residency or a registrarship in any setting in a self-directed way by completing a collection of uh, learning experiences, which is which comprise both reflective and collaborative and assessed uh, learnings to uh, meet those same goals. Thank you. Um, and there have been some updates to pharmacist charting. Yes, so um, we've seen it as a We've had partnered charting, partnered pharmacist medication charting, which we call PPMC, in I think every jurisdiction uh, now um, for a couple of years, um, still gaining a foothold in, in some and, and very mature in others. But in most of those uh, states and territories, the model still sees the doctor countersigning the chart. So the partnered charting model is one where the doctor and the pharmacist uh, review the patient, make their own determinations, you know, the doctor's doing the diagnosis, the pharmacist is doing the medication history. They come together, they form a shared treatment plan about that patient, and the pharmacist then charts that. And in the current model, the doctor then has to come back and countersign it. What we saw a couple of months ago with uh, South Australia launching uh, their next evolution of that has been partnered pharmacist medication prescribing, which sees the pharmacist writing the drug chart, signing the drug chart, and that is it. That is, those are the medications that that patient will receive. Uh, and in my uh, home state of Tasmania, uh, that's uh, legislation will apparently be uh, be moved, or uh, amendments will be moved in the near future to enable that too as part of the Tasmanian scope of practice uh, review. So very excited to see those next models of collaborative prescribing. You know, still very collaborative, but recognising that pharmacists can actually put their pen to paper or use their digital systems to prescribe uh, semi-independently. So you've mentioned scope of practice um, a couple of times as well. So I guess that that's um, part of it. And what other advances um, are coming or have come in the hospital pharmacy with the scope of practice? Yeah, look, I think it's also important to reflect not just on pharmacist scope of practice changes, but pharmacy technician scope of practice changes uh, because they are beautifully linked. Uh, and what we've seen has been more and more uh, hospitals adopting advanced pharmacy technician roles. So, you know, already in our hospitals, pharmacy technicians do probably the majority of the dispensing. Uh, they do the majority of chemotherapy compounding and, of course, the majority of um, inventory and logistics. 
but seeing that extended now into the into clinical roles where in, in some hospitals you've got pharmacy technicians who are counselling patients, you know, within within a protocol uh, that, um, that has you know, safety barriers around it, uh, but also seeing uh, our pharmacy technicians doing uh, medication histories and contributing to medication reconciliation processes really frees up the pharmacist then to be using the cognitive skills that they've gained from their qualifications and actually apply those. And I, um, we saw some evidence come through recently, which was that you can, as a pharmacist, you can see 25% more patients as a pharmacist on the ward if you have a pharmacy technician working with you, which is a really massive impact when you think of the, um, the challenges that, that patients have in hospital settings, getting, getting the right medicine given to them at the right time and also the workforce challenges that we're all dealing with nationally, we can unlock that capacity for that cognitive uh, um, skill to be used by pharmacy technicians 100% of the time by matching them with a workforce that also has an expanded scope. Everyone wins. Everyone's job is more rewarding uh, because they're working in partnership, much like collaborative prescribing. You can see why I feel the future of expanded scope isn't just in taking the scope of an individual isolated practitioner and elevating that scope up, but is also very much how we collaborate together and elevate both the individual and the team's collective uh, scope. We kind of can't squander our health professionals' uh, um, skills and abilities um, we can't, <laughs> in, into the future. We've got to, to, to get every, every drop of skill we get out. Um, and about the EMR software as well, there have been some updates this year as well. Oh, um, look, I think, um, yeah, look, most states and territories have uh, in their public hospital systems, they've got EMR systems in place uh, where they're doing their, a lot of their medication management. And, and um, I guess we're now at a point of maturity where some of those uh, states and territories are kind of doing version two of those uh, installations. But I think the other big change there is that where the, the national e-health agenda had kind of left hospitals to one side and said, well, your, your prescriptions and, and drug charts are separate from the rest of the national infrastructure, there's obviously a view now from the Commonwealth that actually we do need to be bringing hospitals into that picture as well. You don't want something that's been prescribed at a hospital, you know, a PBS script written at a hospital, not to be able to be um, transmitted electronically and dispensed electronically uh, when the rest of the, the community is doing that. We particularly saw that during the pandemic with the use of virtual care models, that hospitals having to rely on pen and paper for their PBS scripts just isn't good enough. And I guess the, the other really interesting enabler there too is that we've seen uh, New South Wales and the ACT coming on board with uh, requesting from the Commonwealth Government a, a pharmaceutical reform agreement. That's been well over a decade of SHPA advocacy uh, on that particular matter because we've got to have a national system for medicines funding and access. And it's ridiculous to me that in 2023, in South Australia, Queensland, Northern Territory, Tasmania, Victoria, I don't think I'm missing out, uh, you know, that those hospitals can write a PBS script that can be dispensed at any community pharmacy. But in New South Wales and the ACT, you can't. Uh, so that's finally going to be uh, addressed. Hopefully, with the Commonwealth, <laughs> pending the Commonwealth's um, extension of their offer to those two jurisdictions. So once New South Wales and the ACT are on board with PBS in their public hospitals, 
also enables uh, digital scripting uh, to be done and we can, have, we can have a truly national system. You mentioned workforce shortages, so how have they panned out over 2023? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a challenge, isn't it? Um, uh, every review that I've uh, read of this, I was looking at the, the Ravens recruitment piece a couple of weeks ago, which was saying that they've, they've never seen a marketplace, uh, a jobs marketplace for pharmacists uh, like this. I guess that would, as, as a pharmacist myself, that would be my experience too, that trying to get staff is really hard. And and I guess there's a bit of that kind of post-pandemic effect there, you know, who'd want to be a healthcare worker after the last couple of years, combined with uncertainty around pharmacy in Australia the last few months. Look, I, I still have hope. I think uh, the pharmacy profession is a wonderful profession to enter into. And I, and I think we're seeing a rebound of hope to including in new in, enrolments uh, at universities. So I, I think that there's hope in the future. It's just getting between now and then uh, will, um, yeah, it's not going to be an easy ride. But again, I, I keep coming back to that. It also means we need everyone to be working at the top of their scope, you know, every minute of the day. And we have a whole other workforce there that we need to make sure gets included in those discussions around advancement of uh, pharmacy scope. And we need to be open to looking at other models. Uh, you know, the Commonwealth is doing a scope of practice review, not just for pharmacy, but for every health profession, because they want everyone to be working at top of scope because we don't have the workforce uh, we need. And, you know, certainly SHPA's advocacy in that area has also been to say, you've got to, to recognise some of those collaborative models that are in place, uh, both in terms of collaborative prescribing, but also technician-led uh, dispensing and, and other activities to allow our workforce to be effective. Uh, unleash the chains. Um, so I guess I guess I've asked you about the main achievements for hospital pharmacy. Were there any others that you haven't mentioned for 2023? I guess that stand out. Hmm. It's been a big year. <laughs> uh, it's it's look. It's been a big year that I reflect on as as a year in which we still got a, a lot of wonderful things done, you know, despite some of the the challenges that we, uh, we faced. Okay, I guess another thing. Perhaps an SHPA plug, if I if I can as, as well, you know, is that um, coming through the other the other end of the pandemic to a degree, you know, it's forced us all to look at how we do um, education and training and support our, our pharmacists. Uh, so that's moved us to move a lot of our training online, which has been great. It's made it much more accessible, and we've actually seen in 23 um, greater uptake of the, of the training packages that SHPA offers. Than we have in previous years by opening up to, to virtual. And I think that's uh, an important next step because a lot of that training is you know, introductions to specialty practice areas that particularly if, if you're in um, re regional or rural or other practice settings where it can be harder to access that, opening it up, making it equitable, make it inclusive uh, is really important. Um, so I guess SHPA started off the year with some goals that they wanted to achieve, some uh, documents to repair, some, um, and I guess I wanted to find out how did how did SHPA feel that they worked towards their goals for 2023, some of their achievements as a group? Yeah, okay. uh, look, uh, um, some of those advocacy um, achievements uh, you know, I, I think are worth celebrating, including the pharmaceutical reform advocacy and, of course, the advocacy 
remains ongoing on some things. We've seen uh, in uh, early December some of those discussions around um, the National Criminal Code and VAD legislation. The SHPA is also advocating uh, on. So this you know, it's, it's a kind of never-ending machine, but I think there's been a lot of uh, success there. I think the inclusiveness of the organisation, and when I when this is the end of my my first 12 months as president as well, so I guess I'm looking back on where where I was thinking 12 months ago and where we've landed uh, there right now is a really exciting place to be as an inclusive organisation. I'm very committed to the fact that the, that the that pharmacy isn't just pharmacists, it's our pharmacy technicians as well. You might have seen we recently announced that we are we now have a pharmacy technician observer on the board of directors of SHPA and are about to move constitutional change to enshrine an elected pharmacy technician from across our member base to sit alongside our pharmacists and our independent directors in directing the organisation. Because we want an empowered pharmacist and pharmacy technician workforce that has a voice at every possible level at this incredibly exciting uh, period of opportunity uh, for pharmacy and scope of practice. Um, and yet, of course, the, the college has been a huge uh, achievement and still much more to, uh, to come on that. Um, how are pharmacists in each state doing with regards to VAD provision, since there's still a limited number of people who participate? Yeah, look, I think every state and territory, well, I guess it's every state because the territories aren't able to, to participate at the moment, but every state that's uh, implemented VAD has implemented a centralised pharmacy service, particularly because of the logistical challenges around managing the, the medicine and, and uh, interpreting the, uh, the legislation, which goes well above and beyond poisons legislation or uh, medicines legislation uh, in each um, state. Uh, so, but I think... Um, those, those models have been run very well, you know, irrespective of one's views on VAD legislation. I think whatever services are being provided, we all want them to be being provided to the highest possible standard, uh, you know, safely with the access that people need um, uh, and with the, um, um, with the care and compassion that those services demand. And I think you look at the uh, at the pharmacists, you know, and I, I work with some of them who are, who are going through those, providing those those services, uh, and there's just there is an oversupply of, of this beautiful uh, compassion that brings uh, people to to work in that area, like in every area of, uh, of pharmacy. So, uh, um, but I think uh, most states have reported that they've had that that the service has been uh, accessible. The patients uh, are enrolling and engaging with the service. Uh, that's really all I can, all I can say. So coming into or looking into 2024, um, I guess what are some of the changes that you anticipate or some of the hopes that you have for hospital pharmacy and then also for the SHPA for 2024? Mm. Look, I'm very excited to see where we go with scope of practice in, in every setting. Very excited to see uh, where we go uh, with aged care and um, with medicines review services more generally uh, in, ev in every setting in which they occur, including hospital. Uh, um, probably less excited about workforce, but it's uh, just because I know it's, it's a challenge, but it's, it's, um, it's one of those um, thoughts you have to bite and really get into and, and working with. And I, um, I know that the pharmacy schools across Australia are very uh, energised by the challenge that, that awaits them to support us with, uh, with the supply workforce. 
uh, that we need. Um, in 2024, I guess I'm looking forward to where we go to next with models like the ANSCAP, um, the college recognition model, and seeing that spread uh, beyond uh, hospital across uh, a range of settings, because it's already started. To, you know, we already have many um, people who've been recognised in community practice, in uh, aged care and GP practice settings. Uh, so, yeah, really, uh, you can tell I'm, I'm very enthusiastic <laughs> about uh, where we are right now and where we go, despite the trauma of the, of the year that, uh, that that people have had, uh, you know, there's there's opportunity that lies ahead for us as a profession. Uh, and um, seeing, you know, a government that's actually committed to scope of practice review, I guess, is so much better than a government that isn't. Uh, so still exciting times there. Okay. And um, has SHPA set its goals for 2024 as well? So we are, we are about to embark on, on some strategic planning for the uh, for the next couple of years that we face, you know, really off having uh, is landed where our last strategic plan took us and, and the culmination of that is the work uh, we've just been speaking about. There's a lot more discussion to have around where next, but the defining parameters for that will absolutely be, you know, something that, that uh, embraces uh, the entire profession. Uh, that, uh, that doesn't seek to leave anyone behind, that uh, becomes you know, a representative peak body for pharmacy practice in, in every way in which it's practised and by all the practitioners uh, who uh, participate in, in that and ensuring that, that their skills are recognised uh, and that there are opportunities for, for them at every level. That's, that's what I love about, about uh, our professional organisations and especially SHPA is the role that they have in in people's individual journeys and collectively for a profession where they can help take us. Brilliant. Um, and I guess I'd ask, is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you'd like to share about? I, I'm, I'm feeling I've just given you a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> I can give you more, but we'll be here for hours. I no, guess. I, that's that's kind of where I'm at uh, right now as we go into the to the lead into the to the end of what's been a long and busy year. I'm I'm looking forward to well, I'm looking forward to a little, little bit of time off between Christmas and New Year. That'll be nice. I hear you on that. Yeah. So I guess I'd ask you. There's one general thing I was going to ask. It's um, now there's more opportunity, I guess, for pharmacists to move between disciplines move between areas, develop their careers. I guess I'd ask if you have any advice for people who are looking to move into hospital pharmacy or looking to make a change, what advice you might share with them? Yeah, look, and I think it doesn't matter which which direction you're going in or, or which setting you're going into. I think it's, um, it's probably take take the jump, you know, uh, whether you're a hospital pharmacist uh, thinking, you know, I'd, I'd actually like to go and work in, in community or in academia or the other way around. So there's, Looking to get into hospital or aged care medicine, you know, there's there's no time like the present. Uh, you know, if there is a workforce shortage, it also means that that um, you can probably afford to take some more risks uh, with your career, uh, because you know, there will be job options um, uh, available. And you know, you don't want to have that sense of uh, of regret uh, that you didn't try something you thought uh, you would enjoy. You know, this um, we are fortunate to have a profession that is. You know, a, a rich tapestry of different uh, career paths that it can take you. I, I worked, worked a little in academia. Uh, I worked a lot more in hospital. I worked a bit in community. Uh, and I have found different kinds of reward 
that have sustained me at different points in my career from all of those uh, from all of those practice settings. And you you just don't know what that looks like for you in your own um, personal development uh, until you've taken that that jump. But I'd also say use the uh, use ANSCAP and the you know the Australian New Zealand College of Advanced Pharmacy as a as a tool for helping you to plan uh, your your career development and and monitor your progress uh, as as part of that as well. I'm just going to keep plugging it. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP website forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please follow us on Twitter at AJP podcast and send us a message.